This show is a part of the podcast network of the Walled Garden Philosophical Society, an international community of philosophers and seekers dedicated to the pursuit of truth, wisdom, virtue, and the divine, wherever they may be found. To find out more, go to thewalledgarden.com. In this episode of my series on Seneca's writings, I'm going to be jumping straight into the very first epistle that he wrote, and it's on saving time. Now, I've named the episode on time and death because uh, there's a really interesting passage in here where Seneca uh, kind of talks about both and relates them to each other. But uh, overall, this this entire letter is is kind of short but has a very profound and and meaningful message that we all need to listen to very, very carefully. And what he's essentially trying to do to us is to get us to really see just how valuable our time is and how careful we should be with how we spend it. So, I want to read you... Uh, verse 2 of this epistle. Uh, so, I'm going to skip the start. He's basically just introducing the letter and um, and setting up his purpose for the letter, which is to encourage us, as I said, to, to value our time. But he says this, quote, "'What man can you show me who places any value on his time, who reckons the worth of each day, who understands that he is dying daily? For we are mistaken when we look forward to death.' The major portion of death has already passed. Whatever years lie behind us are in death's hands. So, one of the reasons why I think that this is such an important statement from Seneca is that it can really teach us something about the way that we perceive the world around us and the way that we perceive our lives and our death. Because just like all those many years ago when Seneca was writing this, we still, most of the time, look at death as if it's happening in the future, as if it seems to be some sort of event that is going to happen at some point in our distant future. Whereas what Seneca is pointing out here is that that is a completely uh, backwards way of looking at this phenomenon of death. And what death really is, is something that is happening to us in every single moment. Every single moment, our body is marching closer towards death. Every moment, we are decaying. Every moment, we are experiencing what is a fundamental aspect of our existence on this planet and in this cosmos, which is that things degrade, things corrupt. And that is exactly what is happening to us right now. And so, as you're listening to this, as you are hearing my words on this podcast, you are moving closer to death, which means that you are, throughout your entire life from birth until this event that we call death, actually involved in the entire process of death. There isn't a moment when you're not dying. And so, There's a few things that you should think about in relation to this newfound perspective on death. Firstly, you should think about how you want to treat yourself, how you want to live your life, how you want to engage with life. Because it seems to me like we should all be treating ourselves as if we are dying, as if 
time and life was being snatched away from us in every moment, which it is. But we don't treat ourselves or other people like that, you know, because we don't want to look at the fact that we are actually a part of this process called death on a constant basis. We only want to look at it at the final moment, you know. And and one of the brilliant aspects of the Stoic philosophy and, and Seneca's writings in particular is this focus on death because what it can do is, you know, it's not as if it should frighten you. It's not as if it should uh, impede your... your uh, your constant progress towards a, a better existence, uh, it should actually motivate you to look at the world around you in a different way and to look at your life in a different way. It should change your perspective and show you that we don't have time. It's constantly being ripped away from us. We don't have life. It could be taken away from us at any moment. So, if this is the one thing that's available to us, which Seneca goes on to say in this letter, then why don't we use it to the best of our abilities? Why don't we take care of ourselves? Why don't we act as if this moment right now is unbelievably important? Because it seems to me that it is unbelievably important. And I'd like to give you an analogy here to think about in relation to this this newfound perspective on life. I'd like you to imagine that every hour of every day of your life, you looked into your wallet and there was a $50 note. And I want you to imagine that you know absolutely nothing about where this money is coming from, but all you know is that if you take it out and you invest it in some wise way in your life, then upon the new hour, there's going to be another $50 note in there. Now, if you leave that $50 note in there, then it's just going to stay in there and there won't be any new money. But as I said, you know that if you take it out and you invest it, then you're going to get another $50 note in another hour. Now, if you were to spend that $50 wisely each hour, uh, then over the course of your lifetime, you would accumulate something between 30 and $40 million uh, over the course of an average lifetime. And it seems to me like that would be a better approach than saying, well, no, I just want to keep that $50 in my wallet just so that I know I've always got it there. And it seems to me like this is much like the relationship that we have with life or nature uh, when it comes to our time. Because time, or you might say the experience of life, is the one thing that is constantly being given to us and constantly being taken away from us. We are moving through this thing that we call time, and you can never quite grasp it, but what you can do is invest it. You know, you can invest your time in worthy pursuits, in good moments, in in wonderful living, you know, and experiencing and engaging with this life, but you cannot grasp it. You cannot keep it. And if you think that you're trying to keep it, then what you think you're keeping is only a tiny portion of what you could have had if you had have invested that time wisely. And just like the money that might come into your wallet upon every hour, you know, the question that we are being asked by life is, here's another moment. What are you going to do with it? Here's another moment. 
What are you going to do with it? Here's another hour. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to invest this thing that is in your hands in one moment and straight out of your hands in the next? And something to think about is, you know, what do people always say about the best principles for spending your money or the best principles for allowing your money to work how it should? You know, the principle is don't just leave it there. You know, don't just don't just let it sit around. Get it moving. Get it out there. You know, get it working for you is the principle, right? And that's the exact same way that we need to look at our time. Don't just let your time sit there, you know, don't just let it waste away because it constantly is. You know, you've got to get it out there. You've got to get it moving and working for you in your life. And the way that you do is by engaging with your time, by following worthy pursuits, by by appreciating the moments that you have these gifts that are given to us in every single second and seeing how you could invest those moments and those those seconds of your life in something that is going to be worth more to you tomorrow than it was today. And so anyway, I should probably bring Seneca back into the picture. He says, quote, Lay hold of today's task and you will not need to depend so much on tomorrow's. While we are postponing life speeds by, end quote. So, I want to dive back into that analogy briefly because one of the things that Seneca is saying here is that we actually need to act as if what we do today is going to make life easier tomorrow. You know, he says, lay hold of today's task and you won't have to depend on so, on tomorrow so much. And he says, while we are postponing, life speeds by. And, you know, what would be one of the things that would stop you from, say, investing a $50 note that was in your wallet that you knew was going to be replaced in an hour? It might be a fear that the money will stop coming. You know, it might be a fear that you'll spend it incorrectly, you know. And, and, and in the same way, one of the reasons why we don't spend our time wisely, why we don't spend our time maybe and invest our time how it should be invested is because we have this fear. You know, we have this fear of death. We have this fear of losing our time. We have this fear of losing something that isn't even really ours. I mean, it's in our hands in one moment and out the next. And you can think about this in terms of procrastination. You know, how much time do you waste procrastinating. And that's exactly what Seneca is saying here. While we postpone or while we procrastinate, life speeds by. So, that's something to really think about. Every moment that you spend when it's not wisely invested or if it's actually unwisely invested or poorly spent, spent on something that is not worthy of you or who you want to be. I mean, that's wasted time. Time is just speeding by. Now, Seneca goes on to say something that kind of uh, opposes something that he's already said before, which uh, was when, you might remember in the previous episode where we're talking about uh, how Seneca said that uh, all that we have, the only thing that is ours, is universal nature and our virtue, right? Uh, Now, what he says here is that nothing, Lucilius, is ours except time. So, now he's saying that all that we have is time. And 
I've said a couple of times in this episode, you know, we can't grasp time. It's not something that we that we actually have. And I think that these are different ways of saying a similar thing, right? Because what he goes on to say is, we are entrusted by nature with the ownership of this single thing, so fleeting and slippery that anyone who will can oust us from possession. So, those words, fleeting, slippery... You know, essentially what we're talking about here, what Seneca is talking about, is not the entirety of time, which doesn't belong to us, but he's talking about that single moment, this moment right now that we call time. This moment belongs to us, but it's slippery, right? It's going to slip out of your hands in just a second. So you have an obligation to invest that time that is yours in that moment, in that very slippery and singular moment. That is yours. But you don't own yesterday because it's gone. And you don't own tomorrow because it's not here. And it may not be here. Now, there's one more quote that I'd like to read you from this letter of Seneca's. Uh, And I think that it paints a really good picture of the kind of teacher that Seneca is. And I've mentioned before in this this series uh, that Seneca is the kind of teacher who recognizes that he is not perfect and that he will not be perfect and that he is on the exact same journey as the people who he is teaching. Uh, And and so that's what this next passage really shows me and, and also continues the lesson about time and death. So he says, quote, You may desire to know how I, who preach to you so freely, am practicing. I confess frankly, my expense account balances as you would expect from one who is free-handed but careful. I cannot boast that I waste nothing, but I can at least tell you what I'm wasting and the cause and manner of the loss. End quote. Now, I really like the kind of message that that passage shares. You know, it's kind of like he's actually taking account of his time. He's watching himself. And he understands where his time is going, where it's being spent, where it's being wasted, where it's being invested. And at the end of the day, he can look at his balance sheets and he can show you, this is my account with time. You know, And I think that that's a really interesting way to look at your time, an interesting uh, tool that you could use in your life to actually start to see just how much time you invest and how much you waste. And I'll give you a very clear example of how you could do this in your life, how you could take an account of your time that you're wasting. So let's say that you spend an average of 71 minutes every single day on social media. Now, I pick 71 minutes because that's actually half of what the average internet user's time spent on social media is on a daily basis. So, on average, internet users spend two hours and 22 minutes on social media daily. So, let's say that you're way below the average and you spend 71 minutes every single day on social media. Now, if you do that over 40 years... That's 71 minutes every single day, 365 days a year, over 40 years. You're going to spend 1,036,600 minutes over those 40 years. And that means that you will have spent almost two entire years 
on social media over those 40 years. Now, if I came to you and said, hey, listen, do you want to spend the next two years of your life on social media? You would, of course, I hope, say, maybe there's a better use of my time. Maybe there's something that I could do that would be more meaningful if it turned out to be two years. But because we have this perspective of, you know, things are always coming on the horizon. Death is always coming on the horizon. Life is always coming on the horizon. You know, we can postpone. It actually stops us from seeing that the very small things that we do in every moment compound over time and lead to very large differences on our account balance with time and life. And that's the real value of what Seneca is saying in that passage there. You know, he's keeping an account of his time. And we have to ask ourselves, you know, why would we hire an accountant to make sure that our money is being wisely invested and and spent in the right places? And yet we wouldn't even take a moment to sit down and calculate whether or not our time is being wisely invested. Because it seems to me, and it certainly did seem to Seneca, that our time is far more valuable than money. The only problem is that it's very hard to actually act as if our time is more valuable than money. It's very hard to move in that direction, but you have to start at some point if you actually value your time. And, you know, like Seneca, you know, I, I would absolutely say that I am no expert at using my time wisely. You know, one of the reasons why I'm doing these episodes is to keep my own mind sharp, to keep keep my mind wondering about things that uh, really can help me in my life to, to transform myself into something that is better than it was yesterday. And this is a wake-up call for me as well. You know, how much time do I waste? How much time do I spend procrastinating? At the end of the day on my balance sheet, what are the investments that were absolute duds in my life? And I need to think about that every single day. And I think that we all should endeavor to be thinking about that sort of thing. And finally, you know, I just want to say that the wrong thing to take away from this kind of message would be that we should turn ourselves into these hyper-productive output machines, you know, where we're constantly trying to look at how we can squeeze the juice out of every single thing in our life, including our time. You know, sometimes the best moments in our lives are those moments where we just sit and We are just there with ourselves or we are there with other people or we are enjoying the time as it passes by. And and so I think that the message is less about becoming these machines of productive output and more about appreciating the fact that this thing that we think we have a lot of is actually a finite resource. And it's in our hands in one moment and it's out the next. And we need to appreciate the fact that, you know, it's very difficult to actually spend that time wisely. And that's something that, that's, that's, that's a path that you need to go on by yourself. You know, it's not something that anybody can tell you. Here's how you should spend your time wisely. It's something that you need to figure out for your own life. What's important to you? What's meaningful to you? What, what activities in your life bring you the most satisfying feelings in your soul?
that's time that might be spent well. So anyway, I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. I hope that you've taken something away from it. I know that I'm definitely going to be really thinking about these ideas uh, in, in the coming weeks. And, you know, just something to remember is that with philosophy, it is only as good and as useful as it is applied into your life. And it's necessary for us to not just allow these lessons to come into our lives and be out the next like time, but to allow them to transform our minds so that we see the world and our lives in a completely different way. And so, whatever you have to do to allow that process to happen, that transformation to happen, you know, it's necessary and it will be useful to you as you move forward in your life if you let the philosophy do what it is supposed to do. So anyway, I'll talk to you next time and thank you for listening.